Hello and welcome to the JNM podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything in between. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. And if you are coming back, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Before I get to any details, I would like to welcome back one of my best friends mm-hmm. since college. Like, I yeah. mean, he was like one of the first people that I've met. Uh, Miles Webb. Hi, thanks for having me again. You keep yep. inviting me back. I don't know why. I don't think I add anything to the conversation. <laughs> but thank you. But thank you. <laughs> uh, no problem. Like, I mean, like, I just really like hanging out with you. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 And that's that's fine. That's fine. But if you want any ounce of film analysis, it's not coming from this end, baby. But that's okay. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to talk about... Um, like kind of like a random franchise that we stumbled upon more like being forced upon by a so-called company with the 2016 and 2021 musical animated film sing and sing to uh, both films were written and directed by garth jennings And the logline for Sing states that it's set in a world inhabited by anthropomorphic animals. A struggling theater owner holds a singing competition to save his theater by lying that the winner of the competition will win $100,000. And the logline for Sing 2 states that sometime after the events of the first film, Buster Moon and his cast failed to impress a talent scout for Redshore City, the hottest place a performer can perform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, uh, he manages to get a second chance to perform by lying that he will get a rock star who has not been seen in 15 years. I received information from Wikipedia, IMDb, The Hollywood Reporter, and Behind the Voice actors. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Did your research. Yes, I did. So uh, for Sing, you have Matthew McConaughey as Buster Moon. Uh, You may know him from Days and Confused, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Dallas Buyers Club, and True Detective, the first season. Uh, Next, you have Reese Witherspoon as Rosita. Uh, You may know her from Legally Blonde film series, Walk the Line, The Morning Show, and Big Little Lies. Can I just uh, say, Rosita? I think we need also need to say which animal they are, because so they know Rosita's yes. the pig. Yes. Buster uh, Moon is the koala bear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next, we have Seth MacFarlane as Mike. He is this like very tiny mouse. Uh, With big old dick energy. Big old mouse dick energy. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's very common for small people. No offense, but like you know, <laughs> short people. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's compensating. It's like, what if they were a mouse? They'd have to really compensate. So yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may know him from Family, Family Guy, Ted, American Dad, and The Oroville. Uh, next, you have Scarlett Johansson as Ash, who is the porcupine. Yeah, and I, throughout both movies, could not stop thinking it was Rashida Jones. Like their voices, if you just put them side to side to the ear, sound very uh-huh. similar. My experience watching it. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, "Oh, Rashida Jones is really killing it." And then to find out it was Scarlett Johansson, nuts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They do have the. Sorry, 
kind of forgot who you were talking about, so I had to Google. <laughs> but no, Rashida, that's okay. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Who Rashida Jones is. She is now to me the woman in the Zenny ads, which Zenny uh, is like Warby Parker, but not Warby Parker. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's who Rashida Jones is now. <laughs> who knows who she'll be in the future, but. Who knows? I mean, right now, Scarlett Johansson is Colin Jost's uh, wife. So that's her title now is Colin Jost's wife. Yeah. Lame. Colin Jost. He's like, yeah, sure. He's hot. Whatever. Honestly, like, I think that he he's kind of like a like a not a nerd, but like just like some. Some guy, like an average show that just yeah. somehow got this like very, very successful woman. <laughs> yeah. Like if you take away his SNL performances and his just career, he's kind of like, what? Yeah. No offense. No offense if you're into, you know, corn fed Ohio boys, but that's what he is. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I wonder if he's bisexual at all. I don't know, but I do. I think he said that he his parents are uh, like a gay partnership. Maybe what? Yeah. Wait, I th- sorry. What? I think so. I think he was the one that. Uh, moms or dads? He's definitely moms. Oh no, he does have a mom and a dad. Sorry. Fuck. Sorry. Pardon. My- oh my god. Ill. <laughs> Isn't that disgusting to have straight parents? <laughs> Ew. Yeah, so he, he was born and raised in New York City in Grimes Hill, a neighborhood on Staten Island. So he is um, also Pete Davidson. They are the same person. Yeah, which is kind of weird because they're completely the opposite in a way. Yeah, Pete Davidson really like embellishes his Staten Island and Colin Joe seems to um, kind of oppress it a little bit yeah he's like no i'm actually from like brooklyn or something like yeah you know, he he's like on the places. other side he's like i'm from new york and then p davidson goes i'm from staten island i'm from staten island like he's you know voice raspy um cool so scarlett johansson does play the <laughs> um what's it called porcupine, porcupine. yes I, this is so cut any of this because I sound stupid. I want to say the word artichoke. Like she plays the artichoke, and I think that's because <laughs> that's like artichoke is this, the, the, are like artichokes and porcupines kind of similar things. Uh, not not really. I know they're a vegetable and an animal, but like, do they kind of seem reminiscent? Yeah, I mean, I I could say that. Yeah, like know. they're layered and they're also po- pokey, spiky. Yeah. yeah, artichokes and porcupines, same fucking thing. Who knows? Maybe they're both. Maybe they're both related. <laughs> like weirdly. Think, yeah. If we go, if we go back far enough in evolution, you will see that artichokes and porcupines stem from these same species of dinosaur. <sighs> okay. Anyway, yes. Yeah. yeah, you may know her from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, A Marriage Story, Jojo Rabbit, and Under the Skin. Oh um, my God. <laughs> What a, what a movie. What a movie. Sorry. That's right. That's why I put it up because I was like, oh, I feel like that someone would remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's a good reminder that that movie exists. Just to say that. Just to say that. Remember yes. that. 
exists. Uh, next, we had John C. Riley as Eddie Noodleman, who is like the sheep. Right. Oh, the like stoner sheep who yeah. is rich. Yes. Wow. Definitely thought that was Seth Rogen. Exactly. Second. That's what I felt too. Yeah. Another voice where it's like if you put them side to side, you can't really tell. Yeah. Unless you're like, ooh. Isn't that interesting though? Like just minor affectations in their voices let you know that it's John C. Riley. Like as far as sonic branding goes of their personal brands, just yeah. little, little itty bitty things. You're like, that's a John C. Riley performance. That's a Seth Rogen performance. Hmm. I mean, God, that character was written for Seth. Maybe, maybe like they they did wrote it for Seth, but maybe like Seth like next was best busy. thing. Yeah, yeah, next best thing is John C. Riley actually. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think after that, it's like maybe like Jonah Hill, or like that skinny Canadian guy from This Is the End, J that J guy. Oh, uh, is it the one from also the Wizard movie? Yeah, I th- no, not the Harry Potter one. Not Harry Potter. Yeah, I would have said Harry Potter. The one that's like, oh, what the hell is it? it? I feel like it had Nicolas Cage also. Oh, this the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, is that the guy? Yeah, that's the He's guy that Canadian? I was talking. About. Yeah. Oh. And apparently he has a tattoo of like the Canadian maple leaf, like on his shoulder or something. I'm oh, like, wow, God. that's. Oh, that's Icaruni. <laughs> Ew. Mm. Okay. Like, there's nothing to say about that. I'm like, whatever. Let's. But like. Yeah. I don't know. Would you ever get a tattoo of like your home place? No. Yeah. <laughs> Feels weird. Yeah. I mean, I do know that there are some people that, you know, where they have like the state like outline and then they have no. like the star of where exactly they are from, which is sure. like, okay, like, you know, you do you, but. I, I wouldn't want people to know where I'm from. Like, yeah. Well, I feel like if you're going to pick some, if you're going to pick like a uh, reminder of where you come from, pick something a little more personal instead of this like very recognizable image. I don't yes. know why you would, I don't know. I have no opinion on this actually, but what, but that's yeah. what I do. Thanks. Okay. But yeah, you may know him from Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Uh, Chicago, the film adaptation, Wreck-It Ralph, and we need to talk about Kevin. Also another movie that is like it exists. We need to talk about Kevin. Is that it was, the one? It was, that a, one? it was the one where you have Tilda Swinton as like a mom of <gasps> uh, a high school. He didn't it- shoot, but like he shot with arrows what that's yeah that's about. and that's it's that kid oh what is his name but he's like you know hot hot twink kid um, ezra oh oh okay edgy gay different gay i'm thinking of the movie kevin's home or something or like ben is back ben is home ben is back whatever yeah the one with julia roberts i'm thinking that movie. now we're thinking about kevin whatever what's we have to talk about kevin he shoots people with arrows yeah and then it's like kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of like a high school shooting, but it's like with arrows. And it's kind of like just talk, like it kind of depicts like 
her trying to move on with her life after the incident and it does like flashbacks of like what were the signs that she might have like suspect that he was going to do this oh my god yeah it's really interesting for those of you who want to watch it and also it's based on a novel so if you want to read that too it's the same title um but yeah uh next up uh, we have Taryn Egerton as Johnny, who is the uh, teenage gorilla. Uh, you may know him from the Kingsman film series, Rocket Man, and the 2018 Robin Hood, because there's so many Robin Hoods I can't really handle. <laughs> I yeah, what a what a symbol of anti-capitalism. <sighs> um did you see it did you see that robin hood no i just remember that like it was one of those that they were trying to like hype it up but then Mm -hmm. it wasn't that great or it it flopped sure okay oh well uh next up we have tori kelly as mina the elephant uh so she didn't this is actually her first film that she performed in uh but you may know her from being a contestant in season nine of american idol and i didn't watch that season (laughs) no i didn't know that's where she got her start yeah i feel like i just know the name tori kelly like i just know it yeah, because, like, I mean, like, she is, like, I guess a successful uh, singer um, mm. prior to sing, but yeah. Something, maybe just get into Tori Kelly's casting in a very, like, notably Black-voiced family. There's That's what I was going to, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to say. <laughs> like, that, this was in 2016, and, like, how did that fly at that point yeah yeah because like when i found out about the additional voices that played like her relatives i was like wait a minute how is this shouldn't it be like someone like jennifer hudson like an actual like black singer that is like in the teenage or young adult age like i don't know i'm just saying (laughs) yeah i mean we're not we're not asking too much but like you know try to be consistent with what you are casting yeah like from from a PR perspective, <laughs> that looks terrible. Like if you see images of like her with her other castmates, like oh, okay, I would love to see that. <laughs> like out of context, you just see those whatever three, and it's like these two people play her parents, and this is Tori Kelly. Yes. <laughs> In what world? Hmm. But yeah, uh, we'll get to it. Uh, I'm almost sure. done. Next, you have Jennifer Sa- Saunders as Nana Noodleman, who is this famous uh, opera singer and is a sheep. And I think grand grandmother to uh, Eddie Noodleman. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, how, that's how he's so rich because his grandmother Noodleman is bonkers wealthy. Yes. Uh, you may know her from Absolutely Fabulous, which is a British TV show. Uh, Shrek 2, she played the fairy godmother. <gasps> okay, wait. In Absolutely Fabulous, is she the squattier woman or the skinny, tall, scary woman? Uh, she's the blonde one. 
Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, also, she she also appeared in an episode of Friends. I think it was uh, Ross's uh, wedding with Emily. For those of you, and she plays Emily's mom. Okay. Uh, and then she also played in Coraline and Death on the Nile, which is the 2022 uh, film based on the Athica Christie book. Okay. Man, I wasn't interested in seeing it until this moment, knowing Jennifer Saunders will be in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, next up, we have Peter Serfinowitz as Big Daddy, which is very weird. <laughs> Big Daddy. Uh, mm-hmm. He's Johnny's father. Sure, yes. Yes. You may know him from Shaun of the Dead, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. He played uh, Dar- Darth Maul's voice, I believe. Uh, and Run, Fat Boy, Run. Uh, and then we have Nick Kroll as Gunther, who is the German pig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you may know him from The League, Big Mouth, and Sausage Potty Party. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not potty, party. <laughs> you got it, yeah. Sausage uh, Party, that cornerstone of culture. Additional voices include Beck Bennett, Jay Farrow, uh, Nick Offerman, Leslie Jones, Ray Perlman, uh, Lorraine Newman, uh, Wes Anderson, and Edgar Wright. Uh, and for those of you who wonder who played Tori Kelly's relatives, uh, you have Jay Farrow and Leslie Jones. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so for Sing Two, um, so all of the main casts uh, come back except for the additional voices, uh, John C. Riley and Seth McFarlane. So you have Bobby Cannaval as Jimmy Crystal. You may know him from Vinyl, Blue Jasmine, Spy, I, Tanya, and the Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, Hosley as Portia Crystal. Uh, she is Jimmy Crystal's uh, daughter, and both of them are wolves. Uh, and yeah, she's a singer, so no need to... <laughs> No movie. Yeah, no movie. Mm. Uh, You have Chelsea Peretti as Suki. You may know her from Game Night, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Kroll Show, and Parks and Rec. And she plays kind of like a Suki dog, which is kind of like, um, like I think it's like the tall one, right? Yeah, I think they're called Salukis. Saluki. What a wild name for a dog. What is that word, (laughs) Saluki? Uh, sorry not to be rude to that word but yeah they're like really tall wispy ass hair they're models they're model dogs yes yeah uh next you have latita wright as nushi she is kind of like a like a mountain fox like cat or something you know it's like one of those bob oh i think it's a bobcat sorry it's a bobcat yeah okay yeah she teaches uh johnny to dance yes uh uh, you may know her from marvel cinematic universe uh particularly in the black panther uh section then you have eric andre as darius he plays the bull that uh mina has to work with 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The hot, yeah, yeah. hot. Let's call it. Yeah. Uh, you may know him, of course, from the Eric Andre show, Man Seeking Woman, the 2019 uh, Lion King, and Bad Trip. And then you have Bono as Clay Calloway. He is the lead singer of U2 and always wears colored sunglasses from the 2000s. <laughs> what a read. He does. Pick he the does. style. Style. He wants to see the world in color. <laughs> yes. Was that an English accent that I was trying to do? Yeah. 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 I, I think it was an house. English accent. Like it was an Irish. It was, yeah. It was like English, but like even lazier. Yes. Um, and right. his real name is Paul David Hewson, for those of you who don't know. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> And then there are no worries. And then there are additional voices from Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, uh, Spike Jones, who are friends with Garth Jennings. Um, So for Sing in 2014, it was announced that Garth Jennings would write and direct an animated comedy for Universal Pictures and Illumination Entertainment. The film was going to center around uh, courage, competition, and carrying a tune. Uh, so Garth, uh, who was the writer and director of the film, provided the voice of Miss Crowley, who is this like iguana lizard. Owen Wilson was considered for the role of Eddie Noodleman. Again, and not really a pothead type of person, but as <laughs> a sound of the voice. Yeah, he's got a very Californian drawl to him. Yeah. But it's yeah. like I feel like that if like they're going for like an older gentleman, like I would probably prefer like maybe Woody Harrelson. Oh, I think that would have made his voice way too old. Yeah, I'm wondering like how old was he supposed to be the lead character Buster Buster? What was his name? Buster Moon. I think like, he was supposed to be in like his late twenties, maybe early thirties. Yeah, he was still hung up on like dad stuff. Yeah. So definitely like that's a late 20s thing. So Johnny Depp and Jesse Eisenberg were considered for the role of Buster Moon. Um, mm. And then in 2015, Matthew McConaughey was cast for the role. Uh, and then later on in November, Reese Witherspoon, Seth MacFarlane, Scarlett Johansson, Tori Kelly, and Taryn Edgerton joined the cast of the film. And according to the report, Hollywood Reporter, the film contains 65 pop songs with the rights to them costing 15% of the $75 million budget. What is 15% of 75 million? I have no idea. Sorry, I'm trying to think about it. So it's like, it's more than $7 million. I, I would go so far as to say it's more than $7.5 million. It's probably like $8 million, roughly. Hold on. Um, Not to be crazy, but I'm like, what? I love that kind of math. Just just total sidebar, like percentages and calculating tips and stuff. Oh, delicious. So fun. What is it? Sorry, I'm like still like typing. Oh, it's fine. Okay. I'll just Um, keep guessing what it is. It's $7.865 million. No, not even close. (laughs) Wait, what? No. It's... 11 uh, million 250. Sure. Yeah. Wow, I'm really off. That's 
I guess no, I guess that makes sense. Sure. Anyway, well, cut that, please. I'm begging you, actually, cut. Oh, <laughs> off I was. I'm so embarrassed. Okay, no, you're fine. Point, you're fine. 11.25 million dollars for music to these like blah songs. They weren't blah, they were pretty good. Yeah. Also, like there were a lot of like songs that I would say wasn't appropriate for like a kid's film, like the uh Baby Got Back or like the Anaconda. Like I kind of felt like yeah. those were a little bit like Ooh. We, I mean, yeah, it's that weird space where it's like everyone knows it, but it is talking about dicks, but like Kids Bop did it. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel this like movie was like Kids Bop Plus, like it was better. It's better than Kids Bop's for sure, but it's in the realm. It's absolutely yes. in the realm. They're in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would say like they're like a little up ahead in the line than Kids Bop. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think they're kind of it, the fact that it's anthropomorphic animals that are kind of sexy detracts, like makes it almost as weird as Kids Bop, kind of as uncomfortable as Kids Bop. And that is my statement. There's also, <laughs> this is totally a sidebar, but there's a man like yelling at nothing outside of the car. And I'm like trying not to make eye contact. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the animation was created uh, entirely in France by Illumination MacGuff. And then there were a lot of references to pop culture. Uh, Noodle Man uh, was kind of inspiration from Norman Desmond from uh, Sunset Boulevard. Eddie uh, Rosita's husband, <laughs> his ringtone was the Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. And that was a reference to Talladega Nights. Uh, and then you have a lot of reference from Back to the Future and then, of course, Mike the Mouse was kind of inspiration to Frank Sinatra. Yeah, and then, yeah, sure. Okay. And then for uh, Carfax, uh, Noodleman's car that appeared in the film was based on a Rolls Royce Silver Cloud. You may know that car also from the Beyonce music video. Oh, what one is it? Wait, stop. Hold on. I know this. <laughs> Wait. Pop. <laughs> Cut this out so it looks like I actually came up with it really fast. What is that fucking? Oh my god! There's that song, "Get Me Bodied." Thank you. <laughs> Get me bodied. Sorry. Get me bodied by Beyonce. The song. Whatever. Anyway, she also pulls up in the same cards, and so we're looking at a Beyonce type character in this um, Mrs. Noodleman. Yes. Yeah, Dame Noodleman, if you will. Mm-hmm. Each of the main characters sing uh, for their audition, reflect on the character's arc for the film. So with Rosita, she did Fireworks by Katy Perry, which is kind of like uh, her need to come out of her shell. Then you have Gunter as, for Bad Romance by Lady Gaga, which is foreshadowing mm-hmm. his relation, his like partnership with Rosita. Uh, next, you have Johnny, who has Stay With Me by Sam Smith, and it's kind of like him needing to move on from his father. <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, then you have Ash that sings backup vocals uh, for her boyfriend's song, and it's kind of like her need to take control of her life. And then you have Mike uh, playing Pennies from Heaven, which was his lust for money. And then Mina plays Chandelier by, uh, what's that woman's name? Thea? Yes. 
see it. Uh, and it's just basically like her need to express herself. Yeah, uh, she's so shy. So fucking shy in that movie. Like <laughs> annoyingly shy in my opinion, not to be rude, but oh my God. <laughs> so the film uh, stands at one hour and 48 minutes, making uh, Illuminations Entertainment the longest film at the time. And it was shipped to theaters under the pseudonym Six Spence, like S I X Spence. Pence, yeah. Um, this was uh, the fourth animated film of 2016 uh, with Kung Fu Panda 3, The Angry Birds movie, and Zootopia. Wow. Oh, yeah. This did come out the same time as Zootopia, and the comparisons mm-hmm. were just off the wall. Yes. Like, this was a cheaper Zootopia. hmm Yeah. Ugh. Which, God, that movie, so sad. Zootopia does not hold up that well. That, that, I do agree with that, because I don't, I feel like that they were trying to make, like, a point about, um, like, racism and racial profiling, and it's like, okay, like, take yeah take it down like what seemed what seemed like protestful and kind of uh meaningful now feels uh like a company taking advantage of cultural moment yes especially when you have like the director being white like i would understand if it was like directed by like a black person or a person of color Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's just a little like okay like we get it (laughs) yeah yeah um so the film beats uh my big fat greek wedding as the highest grossing film to never hit number one at the box office what Uh, an interesting title to hold exactly i was like i thought Mm. my big fat Greek, greek wedding like it still had like that title but apparently the shitty ass movie took it (laughs) yeah but to not hit number one because again well i don't know if utopia was the same time but that movie was kind of probably yeah i think it was i think like this one was like in july and i Mm. think utopia was like uh maybe september or november ish wow yeah Cool. Uh, so uh, it grows to 634.2 million in the box office. And unlike Shrek 2, uh, where Jennifer Saunders did her own singing as the best villain ever, the fairy godmother, uh, she didn't do it for Nana Noodleman. Instead, it was uh, sung and voiced by Jennifer Hudson. Yes. Mm hmm. Again, it's kind of weird, like in terms of, you know, just saying, like, try mm-hmm. to be consistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for Sing 2, on January 2017, Universal Pictures and Illumination announced a sequel to its 2016 shit show. Uh, <laughs> <gasps> oh, kidding. you didn't? Okay. Hmm. I could, like, re- re- read it. No, if you want to call it a shit show, that's your like that's your opinion, and I guess I stand in opposition to that. I don't think it was a shit show. I think, well, <laughs> never mind. I, what makes you think it was a shit show? I think it was just. I feel like that it didn't 
like had like a story like an actual like story kind of felt like that oh we're just watching like a kid's bop like but like with kind of a story but it wasn't that great that's how I felt okay okay and I guess I do kind of agree I think shit show maybe is like a big a big phrase for it because I'm like it it you know moved along like it worked enough as a movie Mm-hmm. the way it wasn't unwatchable but yeah it was not fun to watch it was like a long long hour and 48 minutes for sure yeah and not that stunning okay sorry okay. Like-, like i'll okay i i'm sorry for calling a shit show but i still don't like it I'm sorry. and that's okay and i'm sorry for stopping you and kind of taking offense being defensive of this movie that i don't even like what's my deal i'm just making <laughs> You're like, the minions don't have, like, a voice here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Matthew McConaughey, can we bring him in so he can, like, sort of stand up for himself in this film? Can Garth Jennings hop on really quick? Yes. And say, anyway, sorry, okay. Go on. Uh, So Garth Jennings uh, returned as writer and director. And everyone except for, like I said, John C. Riley, Seth McFarlane, and the additional voices uh, didn't return. Uh, Wait, sorry. All except for those uh, returned to reprise their roles. Uh, in December 2020, uh, Bobby Cannaval, Letitia Wright, Eric Andre, Chelsea Peretti, Pharaoh Williams, he played Alfonso, um, the elephant that Mina had a crush on. Yeah. Uh, Bono uh, and Halsley were added to the voice cast. It is Halsey, but Halsley. Halsey? yeah halsey halsey Halsey. yeah okay i'm sorry halsey Halsey. (laughs) that's not a really wonderful word to say but i guess it's not the point but yeah uh due to COVID 19 and the pandemic uh illumination macguff was temporarily closed with the work uh moving to remote uh environments uh, so the film uh, relied on a budget of $85 million, and it was unknown of how much went to the songs. And as of February 11th, the movie bo- box office is almost $300 million. So yeah. And the name Clay Calloway is supposed to be a tribute to the real-life musician Cab Calloway. Uh, he was a musician from the Blues Brothers um when he's like trying to ease the crowd while they wait for the blues brothers to arrive for the performance mm-hmm. um he's that guy uh oh, like the opener yes he's like yeah. the guy that was like heidi 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 ho dun, 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 dun. like he was like the what is <laughs> okay okay you know like a song yeah kind of it's kind of like almost like you know you would say something and then the crowd would say the same thing you know almost like freddie mercury when he was like day oh and then oh that's what yeah his his known song is like that yeah okay yeah he did like he did like kind of like um jazz uh kind of like big band um music okay uh, so Klaus um, calling Johnny and Nushi Riffraff street rats and Klaus is like the um, the 
primates um that's like the dance choreographer he's the guy with the big yeah. nose what kind of animal is he <laughs> a baboon i don't think but so like even more even more niche than a baboon like a baboon plus something else yeah like, he had the biggest nose big nose a primate could ever have what is but i that is totally like I'm, i've seen that animal and i'm just like what uh hmm i'm gonna guess what it is a baboon a marmoset i know it's not that like a what's other kind of primates what are other primates i i know that there's the ones with like the big eyes the tree tree crawlers i have no idea i don't know anything um, um he is a male uh proboscis monkey yeah that sure wasn't in my head <laughs> that's one where i'm like don't know the name but i know the face yes at a party i'd be like hey but ask me their name don't know proboscis monkey (laughs) Uh, but yeah uh when he said that it's kind of like a reference to aladdin which is kind of weird because it's like a disney movie and this is like a universal movie wait what was the reference to aladdin um so when he like told them riffraff street rat that it was a oh. reference to the the 1992 animated film, film. Mm-hmm. like the <laughs> one that people prefer than the other one. <laughs> than this one, yeah. Oh my god, Aladdin was. Oh yeah, If you want to talk about the sexiest film of my childhood, of anyone's childhood, ultimately. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like lost thinking about literally Aladdin's smile. Like, why would they draw a smile so angled? Poor boys, they're hot. Okay, sorry. Moving on. When are we going to get to how hot the animals were in Sing 2? Like, just let me know. I just want to bring up, did you feel hot watching them? Kind of a little bit? Um, like, not really. But that is really cool for you. Not even Sing 2. Sing 1, not, not at all. Sing 2, no, no. though like who was it who was it that it was the wolf like the daddy wolf okay there's a bit where his shorts do fall down and you're sort of slapped in the mental image you're slapped with a mental image of what what would they see and like uh it's it is gross ultimately it's gross but you know they were all like kind of acting hot halsey she's like dancing around like slinky and i don't know animation is so fluid just had to throw that in there and I'm so God, sorry that I did. I feel bad that I had to throw oh, it in no there. Oh, no worries. No worries. Yeah. No, anyway. you're fine. You're fine. Cool. Uh, so the mask uh, Johnny's father and his gang wore uh, was kind of like a reference to the bunny from The Secret Life of Pets. Ash complaining about being underpaid in the very beginning uh, is like kind of like ironic reference to Scarlett Johansson being underpaid for Black Widow and it was that whole thing where they're releasing it to uh, Disney Plus while it was being released in theaters but she was like wait a minute my contract states that it should just be in theaters prior to the Disney Plus release mm-hmm. similar yeah. to the thing like the, that's going on with the Matrix Yes. I don't know when this will come out, but yeah, that was, this is dropped. They're suing whoever, HBO Max, for releasing on the same day, like claiming it affected sales and whatnot. 
Yeah. Which totally. Yeah, sure. Sure. It's Wait, not. Who, whose side are you on? Like, cause like I, I thought the movie was okay. Cause I could kind of understand of like, I feel like that it kind of had like symbolism of like someone transitioning to a different gender. Uh, so I could kind of understand that and I, that's how I, I was like okay like it's not that bad but I wouldn't watch it again because it was like super long <laughs> and so in retrospect like I don't like I could understand that yes like it sucks that HBO Max allowed it to be released while you know it was in theaters but at the same time like I don't really think the HBO Max was the only factor that it didn't do well in the box office but okay okay I know what about you I think I'm on um I forget the production studio or production company's name that the Wachowski production company but I think I'm on their side because I don't know I think people are people companies are still learning how to like work within that kind of release distribution schedule Mm -hmm. and yeah I think for now it does it does prove more of like a difficulty than a boon to sales or to like you know making a profit like it like releasing on streaming same day same week doesn't help Mm -hmm. yeah okay like I yeah, I understand that. I and un- yeah, I get that. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like where did yeah, who 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 uh, takes the bigger hit? And I think it's the smaller companies. Yeah. I guess I'm always on the side of smaller companies ultimately. Yeah, I do side with them too. Like I do side with smaller companies, especially ones that haven't been monopolized or taken over by you know disney and such so i get that sure the few the few yeah the, the few the three companies ultimately in the world yeah but yeah anyway so rosita's kids um apparently their happy screams that they were making while they're trying to distract the guards while like Rosita and then the rest of the crew are able to sneak into the stage and perform. Apparently, that scream was based on the 6 a.m. jingle from the Five Nights at Freddy's series. However, it's very vague. So that's why I'm saying, like, I don't know if it's true, but apparently someone wrote it. That's an interesting fact. This is in the second movie? Yes, the second movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was like the scene where like all the kids were like screaming and like kind of like running into the cafeteria, like, mm-hmm. you know, eating, like making a d- huge distraction. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, are you, how are you on battery? Oh, um, I'm at 35%. So in okay. the last like, 15 minutes I've dropped 10%. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't worry. Like um the summaries are I didn't do that much like effort for the summaries. You don't have to absolutely exactly yeah. <laughs> the quick movie. It's like there's a concert and you're getting ready for the concert, then they do the concert and the movie is done actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's actually so, God. Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. 
Well, no, I was going to say that's like the entire, each movie is just prepping for a concert, which is like cool in a way, but it's also, I don't think it was intricate enough. Like it didn't have the like, will it happen, won't it happen throughout each one. Yeah. That wasn't a great point. I don't know. No, (laughs) no, no. I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like it didn't have Mm -hmm. that many like uh, A story, B story, C story, or like different arcs. It kind of felt like the they focus so much attention on this a story that mm. they fail to focus and balance it with the b and c story yeah yeah those were just like i don't know they were just very thrown in very like bad <laughs> underdeveloped not worth watching whatever yes uh so yeah in the city of anamorphic animals called Catalonia, which I think it's supposed to be based on California, like Los Angeles, okay. particularly Santa Monica, mm-hmm. and like a little bit of Venice because of the whale. <laughs> okay. Yes. Anyway, yeah. uh, so Buster Moon owns a struggling theater company, and when his business is threatened uh, with foreclosure by the bank, Moon decides to hold a singing competition as a way to gain notoriety. However, his assistant, Miss Crawley, accidentally adds two extra zeros to the prize money, making it to be 100000 instead of $1,000 uh, when her glass eye pops out of the socket and then hit the keyboard twice uh and then yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know like what happens to a lot of people (laughs) yeah and then she has the stack of flyers i'll say one hundred thousand. she's like look at these mr moon and then the fan that i think the eyeball must have also turned on if i remember correctly yeah i think what happened was that her eye pops out hits the the keyboard then like mm. falls to the ground and then hits like the switch to the fan yeah. no wait it hits the printer or like mm. the enter key and then it hits the fan and then yeah. yeah it was just a whole like what imagery to just have an eye popping out constantly like that was if we had to say like the bit of the movie this was definitely the bit of both movies Oh, yes. The second one, oh my God, her eye pops out when she tries to go get the celebrity, the, you know, whatever, the dude. And it's replaced by an apple, which arguably a horrifying image. I really I did not like that. It was like, also, yeah. Also, wouldn't she like know that she doesn't have her eye? I mean, she's so old. She's an iguana. <sighs> That's a problem where I'm just like, None of the animals being so anthropomorphic, none of them kind of had like any animal nuances. So it's like, because in my mind, an iguana, I guess, wouldn't feel that because like the nerves on their skin isn't at, is not as, uh, I guess, uh, sensitive. So I could, I could have some disbelief with that, but I'm like, but they're also just people. So maybe they do, or they should. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so crowds of animals find these flyers and gather at the theater uh, for the audition, creating like this media frenzy. And after the audition, Buster picks a handful of contestants, including Rosita, a housewife, and a mother of 25 piglets, which, oh my God, that's a lot of babies. <laughs> sure, yeah. That's too many. 
at a point, you just, and they all were like the same age. So it's like, was that one pregnancy? That's. I mean, like, I think like for like a batch of piglets, like, wouldn't it be like a limit of like, I don't know, like 10? Like yeah. She would, unless like they had like a really quick turnaround. <laughs> you know, maybe that maybe it's like a combined family type thing, like from another marriage. Yeah, let's hope for, let's hope that. <laughs> Say that. Let's actually give them a little more depth to their characters. Yes, so they yours, are... yours, mine and ours yeah yeah yeah. brady bunch mm-hmm. yes make it pigs uh then there's also mike who is the street musician mouse uh ash who is a punk rock porcupine uh who's dating a guy named lance who is also porcupine uh johnny a teenage gorilla and a son of big daddy again that is such a weird name but yep that's her that's his dad in crime rings they have names like big daddy and that's what we know about crime rings that's what they're called big daddy uh and then gunter as the exuberant pig uh who has a german accent uh describe his character has a german accent uh nina the elephant fails her audition from stage fright while Lance, Ash's boyfriend, is dispensed from the contest when he spots when she spots him cheating on her. Uh, when Buster discovers the flyer uh, and like the mistake that happened, he joins his friend his friend Eddie uh, to see if his, if his grandmother, a former opera singer, Nana Noodleman, can sponsor the competition. She reluctantly sponsors it, but advises a private preview of the show before making her final decision. Uh, the other characters encounter their own problems. Um, and after being pressured by her grandfather, uh, I think he was played by Jay Farrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nina goes back and asks Buster to give her another chance. He declines, but offers her a job as stagehand. But when a group breaks up and another singer is injured, Mina is added to the act. Rosita is paired up with Gunter, where she struggles to dance the routine while feeling that motherhood caused her to lose her passion to perform. Uh, Mike, on the other hand, believes that the competition is for him and decides to buy a fancy car and swindle a group of Russian bears. Why Russian? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's mob stuff. Just mob stuff. Yeah. <laughs> mob stuff. <laughs> uh, so Johnny is forced to be um, his father's getaway driver while they tried to plan this heist. However, Johnny sneaks away from uh, for rehearsals, uh, causing his father to be caught and arrested. And on the day of the preview, the Russian bears interrupt the show, demanding money from Mike. And Mike cowardly directs them to Buster, who has the prize chest displayed. And when the bears open up the chest, they only find money less than the cash prize. However, the weight of the bears kind of cause this like glass tank with luminescent squid lighting because like i guess like while they were prepping and such they kind of like upgraded the theater 
a yeah, bit. That's a whole montage is like Buster being unscrupulous in his upgrades to the theater by like stealing water from the neighbors and like stealing glass from I forget where, but he definitely stole that glass as well. And then goes to this fancy restaurant and gets the jellyfish from <laughs> the tanks, which I guess they're just like dancers. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. yeah that, really odd. Really odd. They were like, yeah, they're in a fancy restaurant. They're just in tanks. And they're just kind of like lighting up and they look cute. Like they're in little bow ties. But he gets them to do like choreographed lighting for the stage. Anyway, so it's a big giant fish tank of a stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it breaks and then it floods the theater. And the theater so, is repossessed. So yes. Time. So much. Yeah. So much. Like, I would say more than, like, five swimming pools. That's how much. <laughs> Absolutely. They really sold that it was, like, it could fill up. Like, volume-wise, makes not a lick of sense. No. It's, like, how how is it filling up the entire place? The entire lobby? Yeah. Because, anyway. like, they would have to, like, they would, they would definitely have to like rebuild the theater if they wanted to like add yeah. this gigantic tank. Ugh, how unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so the theater is repossessed by the bank and Buster moves in with Eddie and the contestants try to cheer him up, but Buster is too depressed to listen as he tries to raise funds by opening a car wash because he kind of uses his entire body and like becomes a sponge yeah that's apparently what his dad did was like a car wash guy yeah humble, humble beginnings kind of like little entrepreneur that he is mm-hmm. exactly uh nina heads to the rumble of the theater and sings a song with like on her headphones so she's like wearing headphones and then she starts singing to the song and Buster overhears her because I think like his car wash is like across the street from the theater or something like that and he is inspired to stage an outdoor show just for fun because you know exposure (laughs) yeah he's like he's a he's a showman through and through Mm-hmm. So during the, the performance, uh, crowds of animals are drawn to the scene as the show is broadcast on the news. Uh, the performance causes Rosita's husband, Lance, Ash's boy, ex-boyfriend, and Big Daddy to acknowledge Rosita, Ash, and Johnny's performance retrospectively, you know. Uh, Mike, who refused to perform for free, is taunted into returning and gives this stunning performance. However, the bears find him and Mike is chased away, which in the second film, they never really explain if he survived or if he's alive in any way. He's dead. He died. But that's okay. He escaped to wherever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mina overcomes her stage fright and delivers a performance which literally brings the house down. And when I mean that, I mean like it crumbles the rest of the stage and the theater. Uh, The show... She's huge. (laughs) Uh, The show is a success and impresses Nina, or Nana, sorry, uh, who 
uh, was in the audience. And then she just buys a lot and the theater is rebuilt and it's reopened and everyone lives happily ever after, except for Mike, because we don't know where he is. <laughs> and that's fine. He dies. <laughs> so on to Sing 2, which takes place, I don't know, a couple months after. Yeah, it didn't really, like, specify, but it kind of felt like it was, like, really quick, like, right yeah. after the first film. The singers uh, are performing a musical of Alice in Wonderland, and the performers and Buster Moon are trying to impress this talent scout called Suki, who sits in the second row of the theater. And however, she leaves after the first performance, citing that the cast is not good enough for Red Shore City, which is like a Vegas-like city that have many performers. Like, it's like their dream to perform there. Which is kind of weird because like Las Vegas for us, like we see it as kind of like where musicians go and die kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it does say something to be like a Vegas resident. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so though uh, he felt hurt about Suki's comments, Buster tries to take his performers and sneaks into the office of jimmy crystal so they travel all the way to red shore city yeah they take this long bus like oh like two night bus Mm -hmm. and they're all just like we're just gonna throw this thing together like they're fully like that's a manic episode that they were just all on i'll tell you really it idealizes that and i don't think that's super healthy to be like stay up all night on a bus singing in front of everybody which also, why aren't the passengers annoyed? I was annoyed for them. <laughs> uh, so uh, Jimmy Crystal is an entertainment mogul. Kind of like see him as, um, what's that Scott, um, what's that guy's name? Scott Rudin. Kind of like him. Sure, yeah. Totally. Yeah. He is a mogul who controls most of Red Shore City, where like basically he owns like every single residence i guess or he's just like the person that people go to when performing yeah. at retro city mm-hmm. so they sneak in and then they try to audition however he turns them down like without even like hearing them <laughs> he's like bye bitch yeah so as the performers are leaving gunter pitches a space themed show which would feature Clay Calloway, who is this rock star lion who has not been seen in 15 years. Uh, and intrigued, Crystal just greenlights the project, giving them three weeks to set up the show. And not even like saying, okay, where's Calloway? Like, I need Calloway. Is he here? Like, nope. Just like, okay. Yeah. Greenlight. It's very like, <laughs> The idea of Hollywood or the idea of like the entertainment industry that's just like make it happen without concrete anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. Uh, so over the course of rehearsing, the performers have to experience their own obstacle. So Rosita struggles with her fear of heights as she has to jump off this like gigantic ledge, this like extreme heights. Up in the sky, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when Crystal uh, spots this, he offers his daughter, Portia, to take over the performance. And Portia kind of like literally takes over 
puts on a harness and just just jumps off the ledge and be like oh my god so easy oh my god look at me and say again no she's like she sings girl on fire she's swooping around this you know being built stage and it's kind of a really cool performance i mean it's like a cool visually a cool moment yeah like it was kind of funny because uh though moon and the other performers believe that portia isn't a great actor uh moon is afraid to downgrade her fear her and fear that krista will kill him because like the way it happens is that once portia does this uh performance she's like oh wouldn't it be great if like i take over as the lead and like wouldn't it be also great because like i don't have fear of heights and like i could do this like oh just put me in (laughs) nepotism (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, So Johnny is assigned to a top choreographer, Klaus Kickerkloppen, who's kind of like supposed to be like this French guy, Um, but he struggles to be flexible and elegant like the other dancers. However, he meets a street performer named Nushi, uh, who agrees to help him out. And they kind of do more like a hip hop, like kind of like more Mm. of like a dance one than like a ballet or like elaborate leaping or squats yeah it's very much like the values of new dance versus old dance versus traditional yeah <sighs> uh mina is cast in a romantic scene with darus who is a self self-absorbed actor uh with whom mina has no chemistry with and apparently she's supposed to kiss him which is kind of weird because isn't she supposed to be like in her late teens or something you know yeah and he looks like he's like 30 (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh so while hanging outside uh mina meets and falls in love with an ice cream vendor named alfonso who's also an elephant Mm -hmm. um and then like gunter is just gunter like that's all he is yeah so while they um, are rehearsing buster has to push production back a bit as he tries to find a way to get callaway uh he sends mrs crawley uh in a rented sports car uh with a fruit basket to talk to callaway uh who is in this like exotic yet very secluded area of red shore city of some sorts uh, mm-hmm. however she sets off like this like alarm and basically is driven away by Calloway as he hits her with paintball. Yeah, this is where the apple gets um, lodged into her eye socket. Yes. So Moon uh, joins Ash uh, to go back to Calloway's house because Crawley is like too traumatized of what happened. And though Calloway orders them to leave, Ash and Moon try to climb through the fence but are knocked out because the fence is electric. And the two are brought inside by Callaway, and they convince Callaway to be in the show. And at first, Callaway isn't interested in it, but changes his mind when he watches Ash play the guitar. Mm-hmm. And when Crystal, Jimmy Crystal, finds out that Portia was forced to be was forced to switch roles uh, with Rosita, he tries to throw Moon off the rooftop. Um, however, his assistant, 
uh, interrupts him, saying that he needs to be downstairs to participate in a daytime talk show. And Crystal places Moon in his closet, only for Suki to release him and warn him to get out of like the city. Moon rushes to the hotel suite and packs up and spots Ash and Callaway. And he tells them to hurry up. And then there's a knock. And then Callaway opens the door. But then it's just like the rest of the crew. And they're all like shocked that, oh my God, it's Callaway. They escape when like uh, Crystal's men coming towards them. And when that happens, Callaway kind of like mentions to Moon that, oh, he should not run away and hide like he did when he lost his wife 15 years ago yeah which is the whole reason he became secluded and like went to his exotic home to be alone yes uh so moon decides to have the cast and crew perform for a one night only show and they sneak to the back of the stage and like they get ready they recruit a couple people to finish up the uh, set and everything while miss crawley gets portia by shouting through a megaphone on a medical uh mechanical elevator machine Mm -hmm. uh so johnny um also causes calls his dad who is on probation um, to come over and keep crystal and his men from interfering with the show uh so during the performance uh, a jealous klaus takes the place of johnny's perform performance partner to try to undermine his number however johnny defeats klaus uh with encouragement from nushi and finally earns klaus's respect yeah uh johnny is just out here getting respect from every older man in his life and that mm-hmm. is humongo yes good for him uh mina visualizes daris as alfonso and performs the romantic duet with ease and then after she finished her performance she asks alfonso out which he accepts uh, Portia also switches roles with Rosita and plays the happy alien. Uh, however, uh, her dad finds that the cast and crew are performing in the theater and he heads over and he sees her doing her performance. And it's like, oh, you, you get back over here. But then she's like, no, I'm not. And kind of just finishes her performance while he is he like falls through this trap like this like trap door mm-hmm. and then he lands in like this cage that has like blankets and like a cushion and several like snacks and magazines so he could stay there while the performance keeps going uh mm-hmm. but then uh crystal's assistant comes over and unlocks the cage causing crystal to take moon to the very top of the stage to basically kill him like he was literally going to like drop him from that height uh so meanwhile rosita struggles to overcome her fear of heights but when she spots moon falling uh she just jumps to save him and then she basically somehow overcomes her fear from that and when it's time for Callaway to perform, uh, he perform. He claims to um, Ash that he's not ready, 
And Ash then heads out to the stage and leads the crowd um, a rendition of one of Calloway's songs, giving him the courage to perform. And literally, it's just like one song. And then that was it. That was like the end of the of like the performance, basically. And when the cast goes out to bow in front of the crowd, Crystal comes out and pretends that the one night only show was his idea and offers Moon a performance, a permanent stay at his resort. However, he turns around to find the cast gone. Uh, the crowd laughs at Crystal while Suki has him arrested by police for his crimes. The cast then climbed onto probably the same bus to head back home. And as they drive out of town, Suki uh, speeds up on a moped as she tries to catch Moody, Moon's a- attention. And she st- she's able to stop the bus by driving up and basically blocking um, the bus's way and once inside she informs moon that a major theater wants to put him on their show uh, which is kind of like um, their version of like caesar's palace in a way it looked like mm-hmm. a coliseum yeah uh, uh, and then moon asks the cast if they want to do it to which everyone including callaway agree and the film cuts to a view outside the theater which like I said, kind of looks like Caesar's, Caesar's Palace. And inside, the cast puts on their first performance while Moon watches from the VIP section with Nana Noodleman, proud to have finally succeed in Redshore City. And that is the end of the film, of both films. Uh, Yay. I can't wait for number three. Oh, God, please <laughs> Great no. Great summary. Great job, really, getting to the whatever meat there was got in there thank you yeah I I think like for me like it it didn't have that great of like like I said it was just like very bland it focused more on like the A story than the B and C story and didn't Mm -hmm. give each of the character layers of personality Mm -hmm. I don't know what about you um yeah I mean it's it's like the type of movie where everyone just kind of gets their little their song like their final song um I think two was much better than the first one like I think for one two had so much more music so Uh many more numbers um and felt a little just like more cohesive and more thought through and like less thrown together um which I think makes sense for illumination because uh, for the first one they were sort of just like putting out anything and everything they were like minions despicable me sing was just like throwing it all out there and sing to kind of still felt like absolutely a cash cow a cash grab and but it, you know it was more refined the story and yeah so yeah i like sing i enjoyed sing too more than i didn't yeah yeah Yeah, I think like for me like it's kind of like um it's like one of those like films where no one asked for it and it was the same thing for the sequel no one asked for like a a sequel to this yeah but I would agree that Sing 2 is a lot better than Sing 1 
Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about Bono's voice? Because I honestly feel like his singing voice and even his like acting voice sounded completely different. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, it, I mean, he was putting on way a big character for his like for the you know, speaking voice. It was very like I'm a grizzled old artist, um, and the singing voice. I don't know. It was. It was. Uh, what do you think about it? I thought it was like okay, but it was kind of mm-hmm. weird because it's like if you want to get like someone with like a gruffy voice, then you should just get like Jeff Bridges or um, that guy that also looks like him, <laughs> like yeah, um, I mean- Chris like Crawfordson or I don't know. It's like Christopherson. Like- Is that it? I think so. It's like the one that was in uh, A Star is Born with Barbara Streisand, that guy. Oh, I have no idea who he has. Sure. Yeah. So that guy, uh, just like someone who's actually, you think, do you think you sh- he should, oh, do you think they should have chosen an actor first before a singer? I honestly felt that what they should have done was maybe like create the character surrounded by Bono's voice like his original voice and his acting voice because I mm-hmm. feel like if if it was like an Irish guy performing then I'm like okay like that would make sense like you know sure. Bono's Irish I don't know I just feel like it's not really worth the money if you're just going to get someone that's going to play this like gruffy country singer or like you know what I mean yeah they did kind of just paint over his sort of like cultural nuance of being mm-hmm. irish which is like he is yeah old. and he has a very distinct voice like he mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like it's it's not that hard to like detect him from someone else yeah overall franchise uh do you think that it's worth the sing three or <laughs> i think okay it's, yeah i do think so because i think if they kept on the trend from sing one to sing two like that progress if that continued to sing three i think it would actually be an okay movie don't know what on god's green earth they would do but i mean like of course there's more to be explored in this anthropomorphic world that's really just a light light metaphor for our world like it's not even so analogous um so yeah i think i think it'd be good i think it'd be annoying if they did sing three like the kids turn or whatever like you know just if if they tried to make it like there's a new crop of talent I would be annoyed by that yeah I think and that is probably where it will honestly go like they're gonna sell out on the cuteness um but I hope it's not and I hope they do something what could they do because it's obviously like it's around stage performance it's around music I think that their animals is actually a, a null point. Like it does not even matter. So it's just about theater and about musical performances. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that, like if like the sky's the limit, like there's no sense of like um, kind of realism or just like science, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like that they should just have them go to a different planet and like perform for this like rich alien. You know what I mean? Like sure. Honestly, yeah, fuck it. Like whatever. Yeah, that's why like, but if they want to make it more realistic, I feel like maybe they could do like a Broadway performance and yeah. I mean, what I really want, what I really want is I want a movie that is one continuous take 
a la Birdman, but also is Les Mis. <laughs> like that style of singing, that level of like political uh, undertone, like that is what I would actually like. Like I'd want them to just go like fully, like balls deep in, make it a different movie. Yeah, like, I've, like yeah. almost kind of like Jacob's, Jacob's Ladder where it's like all in like someone's mind and it's just like... Yes, absolutely. It just has like these crazy implications. Like it becomes an art house film. Like it really, it fucking takes a turn. And I think that'd be great. They'd be like, this is actually the thing we wanted to make. This was the original pitch. Now we've made two. We could make the third and the third was actually the movie, you know? Like, it was never Sing 1 and Sing 2. It was never this cheap thing. It was supposed to be art. I would love that. I think that, you know, if I can have, if I can have any way, any way, I would say do it that way. That'd be amazing. I'm not going to say that I, uh, I did just come up with that idea. And I'm like, this actually sounds really fun. Yeah. <laughs> lay Miz, but make it sing. Or sing, but make it Lay Miz. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> That'd be so fucking cool, actually. What could it be? You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna like workshop that a little bit because I'm like, okay. what what political moment would you sort of like bring it around? Because obviously they miss had the French Revolution. So what would this be? And I'm kind of like, I don't know what it would be. <laughs> I would say like if if they want to be like really like ridiculous and controversial, I would say the civil rights movement. <laughs> Oh my god, the sixties. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. Because I feel like the civil, the civil war, and like uh-huh. what's happening like today, I feel like it's like just so like you know outdated. But yeah. Like, do do civil civil rights. Let's do it. Civil rights. Okay. Okay. I see that. I don't love that, but okay. I think it's a little too like played out, if you will. I'm trying, I'm like, I'm, I'm, Ooh, um, sorry. Uh, why not like maybe, uh, like a time when they were doing like, wasn't it like the alignment with like the science and like, sure. yeah. Like give them science. It's like, we are, yeah. Give us, yeah. so again, kind of in the same realm as like the French revolution, like old, well, I guess that was after whatever, you know what I mean? It's like in the same kind of like very yeah. far past um yeah that could be cool yeah yeah so that is it for being sure. <laughs> three uh yeah that is it for the uh episode uh if you want you can follow us on instagram at j a n d m underscore podcasts uh, if you like this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Miles, any last minute notes or anything? Mm, no. Okay. Thanks for having me. Again. Oh, yeah, of course. I love you. You're a great friend. Thank you. I love you, too. You're a great friend. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, listeners. Yes. Thank you again for listening and hope you come back next week. Bye. Bye.